right, Geekscapists. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape. I'm here with two buddies of mine who I've actually known for a couple of years. My friend Chris Strompolis. Did I pronounce that right? Strompolis. Strompolis. Good try, though. Str- Strompolis. Strompolis. And Eric Zala. Did I do that right? Close. Well, Z- fuck. What was it? <laughs> Zala. Zala. Zala? Uh-huh. I Zayla. never would have gotten that. Yeah. It's a common thing. Eric Zala. Chris Strompolis. Yeah. Strompolis. And uh, I've known you guys for a while. And the cool thing about you guys is geeks. We've actually had Chris on the show. You reviewed uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with me years That's ago. That's right. On wow. a very early Geeks game. Yeah. Huh. And what made you qualified for doing a review for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with me? Because you asked me. Well, that and the fact that you are probably the biggest Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> Indiana Jones fan, I or anybody will ever meet. And Mr. Uh, Zayla? Mm-hmm. Is probably the only person who could take you to task on that and, and, yes, and step up to your fandom. Yeah. Um, let me give you some backstory, Geekscape. As Eric and Chris, when they were in high school, saw Raiders of the Lost Ark in theaters. This is what, 1982? And you guys were maybe freshmen, sophomores? Actually younger. <laughs> ten, 10 and 11 years you old. You guys were 10 and 11 years old, and your parents had VHS. And VCR. Betamax. Betamax. When it, years later, actually... When it came out, there was no... Uh, oh, we didn't have a copy of the movie. You didn't have a copy of the movie? Because no. copies of the movies, remember, in rental houses were like $150? Yeah. And, and like that? Yeah, and it wasn't even out until years after we started. So you couldn't even get the movie on VHS until years later. Right. And what happened was, the movie's out. It totally blew these guys away. As it does anybody who watches Raiders, it is a perfect film. But you guys had the crazy idea of saying, all right, now let's remake it shot for shot on our family's VCRs. Or VHS recorders, and you guys went out and shot the movie, shot for shot, remade Raiders of the Lost Ark as kids in middle school and high school. How long did that take you? About seven years. About seven years. So it took yeah. you from the age of? I got the idea when I was 10, and we finished when we were, what, 18 and 19, right? Yeah. About that? Yeah. In 89. For me, it started when I was 12, finished when I was 19, a sophomore at NYU Film School. So during those years, whenever you guys got a chance or were able to get resources or time together or whatever, you guys reenacted and shot scenes from Raiders. And it was something that, that you guys just did to do. We spent every summer. Some kids go to summer camp for us. Uh, June meant it's time to Start begin Raiders. on Raiders. Yeah, Keep working on Raiders. And, of course, it is also the age where you guys are going through the most growth spurts. So when you see the movie, uh, and you guys, what website should they go to to see if there's a screening in their area? The Ra- uh, RaidersBook.com. RaidersBook.com. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. probably the best one because we're, you know, we're pairing all of our screenings now with the, the pu- pushing the book. Yeah. So, and, uh, and so that's, that's probably the best place to go. Raider, Raiders, uh, yeah, RaidersBook.com at News and Events. So RaidersBook.com is where you can get the, these screenings. In the movie, you really got to watch it because you completely see these, these kids who love Raiders reenacting Raiders. And I know with YouTube, you see these kind of reenactments all over the place. But... This is the 80s. This is when reenactments, you really had to bleed to get them made. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't have the resources. Not everybody had a, an HD camera from Best Buy. Not everybody could just put it up on YouTube. And you guys just made, I mean, you guys made the best fan film of all time. And many people say that. Well, thank you. Thank people you. People versus George Lucas, a movie that, that you're in, Chris. That's true. <laughs> That's what we attribute the, the Raiders uh, remake it's, to. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't, uh, you know, obviously don't ever get tired of hearing that. You know, it's always a little surprising to hear that from people who are equally as passionate about movies and Raiders and everything. So it's, um, I'm very grateful, you know, and, and I know that um, Eric and I are always, you know, very, very thankful to, to, to be put alongside the, the tome of Indiana Jones fandom, you know, and uh, it's, it's cool to hear it from 
people who, uh, again, are, some people are huge fans, you know, and continue to be fans, and they collect and, and travel. I mean, uh, we had um, uh, uh, a, good, a good friend of ours, um, uh, Guy James Clender, who's, um, he is one of the biggest Indiana Jones fans I've ever met. But you, can cl- you guys can claim to be the biggest. Well, I don't know. Really? I don't know. I think it's about expression and execution. This guy flew to Hawaii, yeah. went to every single location where they shot, and hopped on the rope. Where Out over the river. And swung out over the river in the exact form that Harrison did. That rope is still there, by the way. Wait, the what? The rope from the opening the of Raiders? The rope from the opening Raiders is still hanging off the tree. Well, I, I can top that. I, I met a fellow who – I've actually met another fellow who also swung from the rope uh, just Have recently, apparently. Have you guys swung apparently. from the rope? No. No, we no. got to no. swing from the rope. Got, got, got to. We got to. Got to. It's on the bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. Before we you start know. hitting our 50s and like really start putting on the weight yeah. <laughs> or like it can pull, you know, pull a muscle – we got we to gotta swing on the it, damn rope. Yeah, exactly. I know. The rope has to happen. And, and by the way, the rope apparently has moved over seven feet. You, uh, there's a new rope, but the, you can still see where the original is there, and there's still a wooden platform still there. It's kind of like a historical site. jumped off, yeah. And the cave entrance apparently is still there. Hmm. So You can go get a crystal, I'm, I'm, a, a golden idol. Oh, right. God. So you How had, about that for a trip? Huh? That, yeah, they had me at rope. So, yeah. g- but, uh, but I met a, a guy, I, like Chris said, it's all about different expressions. Obviously, uh, we expressed our fandom in a unique way, um, but in our travels, we have met uh, a number of extraordinary fans as well, like uh, another fellow who not only visited the rope in, uh, on Kauai, but also f- flew to Tunisia and actually found the dig site. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, the dig site that was doubling for Egypt. Exactly. And there's that fan in England who put together a Kickstarter to uh, clean up Aunt Biru and Uncle Owen's like uh, like house from uh, episode right. four. Yeah. You know, and, and he spent all this money to make sure that the the set from the original New Hope yeah. was redone. In, oh, that's my phone. Don't worry about it. Geekscape comes first. <laughs> Come on, don't worry about it. What? Well, <laughs> Chris, Chris is like, should you check that? I'm like, no. No, no. Uh, can I hold it up to my microphone? Heck no. Heck no. Uh, it's probably like my, my mom or something. And she's like, Juanito, what, do I, what, is, what are you doing? What are you doing, Juanito? I'm like, Mom, please. We're talking about nerds. We're talking about, you know what I do. Um, welcome. It's my secret world, Mom. Mom, close the door. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> mom, this is my stuff. We all have this relationship. Well, let's, I mean, let's talk about how difficult that was, the, the, the aspect with your parents. Because you guys almost died several times in making this movie. That's true. You know, it's been. And that's a, true. That's not something where it's like, well, we just tell people we almost died. You guys almost died. No, no, it's true. Making this movie, and and uh, I, I should say, uh, it's all in the book. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the book real quick. Yeah. Because that's what they're promoting. There's yeah. a coffee table book. Uh, well, what would I, you call it? Coffee table book? Or no, is that no, because there's no photos demeaning. aside from the the dust jacket. Uh, no, it's a it's a full on uh, book. Um, that is to say, it's. Uh, stringently accurate i mean there's very little dramatic liberty it's about 98 percent exactly accurate but also reads like a novel which is what chris and i were hoping for we met the author alan eisenstock a couple years back and decided to totally trust him with you know the definition of our lives uh, with this and just thrilled because he absolutely nailed it um but uh but yeah it's it's all in the book so through testimonies with you guys over the course of what two three years he went out and wrote Basically, this this it, it'll read like a narrative, is what you're telling me. Yeah, like, it, like a nonfiction. It's a nonfiction narrative. Yeah, so, it fall, it falls outside just the normal. I mean, a lot of people hear our story and they think like, okay, this is just 
a book about the retelling of remaking the adaptation. And those sort of like set pieces are in there, how we did the boulder and how we trapped Eric's head in plaster and he almost died and how we lit each other on fire and all those sorts of um, sort of now iconic stories for us are, are in there. But, it, it, you know, Alan goes outside the bounds of those stories and really starts. I mean, the book opens when I'm three years old. Mm. And, uh, and then he bookends it with sort of Katrina, you know. And, and so, you know, it, it, it carries over into our adult lives. It carries into our family backgrounds. It carries into the dark moments in our lives, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> so it's a biography beyond just retelling exactly. the remaking of Raiders. Exactly. It, it, you guys have a, a, a biography of your friendships. Yeah. yeah, I mean, more than, you know, the, the hijinks of, of – uh, of the seven years of making the film, and, and in seven years you have lots of great stories, and they're they're all there absolutely. None of them captured. were losing our virginities because we were making this damn film. But <laughs> damn you! Not that we were able to do that yeah. anyway, but right. you know. <laughs> yes. If you're not going to lose your virginity I'm, during I'm, your high I'm, school years, at I'm least still do something cool. I'm, I'm yeah, still certainly. Remaking it. Raiders. Apparently not the best way to meet girls. Although I, I did hook meet up. Angela. I, yeah. I did, you know, find our Marion, and, and I suppose that that was a side benefit. And a darn but, good one too. Yes, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it's more the story of a thirty-year friendship and and the the ups and downs and and you know the unholy ways that a friendship is tested in in you know remaking a twenty-two million dollar movie on your allowance. I think that's better than what I had said earlier about a coffee table book because yeah. I know the, the website almost works like a coffee table too because you guys have all the photos up there. You have stuff like that. Yeah. So the website's a great place to go to if you want to actually see you guys on set, how you guys did some of the behind the scenes in the basement where you guys did the the, the, the sequence in the uh, Himalayas with the fire, da 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 But uh, this actually sounds like something I would read. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not just put on my table and be like, oh, I'll flip through it every now and then and be like, hey. I, 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 can, I can speak to that. You know, I mean, I'm um, – Eric is a huge reader. Eric reads constantly. He's got stacks of books all around all the time, and he's constantly finishing like 12,000-page novels in like four days. And Game of for, Thrones. For me, I've, I think <laughs> I've, I've read like two books in my whole life. <laughs> um, Exaggerating. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I like to read, read three. Uh, but I have like a, a weird block with reading. So, right. I, so my point is, is that I don't read a whole lot unless I really have a book that's totally presented to me, and I have Feeds to. Feeds into your narcissism. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I only read books about myself. Uh, so far, I've read one book. One book, and it's about me and a lot of blogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's, you know, like picking up this book, despite the, the, the subject matter, um, it's a quick read. It's a really fun, quick read, and Alan does an awesome job at moving the story along and compressing many, many years into a good, you know, what is it, 400 pages? Eight, uh, 385. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, so what Alan set out to do when crafting the book was to create a book that would really kind of tickle the fancy of the hardcore indie geek, you know, the hardcore uh, Indiana Jones fan, uh, of which you will definitely dig the book, but also appeal to people who have never even watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, people who just enjoy a really good read. And that's why he made it to read like a novel. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and the reviews that we've gotten have been great, and, and it seems that it's hit that mark, um, which is really, really satisfying because, yeah, as Chris noted, I'm a reader, and 
it's exactly like the kind of, if I wasn't me, if I wasn't in the book, I would really dig it um, as much as I can separate myself from mm-hmm. it, of course. Right. Um, so that's, that's neat. It's like Bridge to Terabithia with rope swinging, except nobody <laughs> dies at the end. What if, can you guys put that on like the, the, the soft cover? Geekscape says it's just like Bridge to Terabithia with plenty of rope swinging, except nobody dies at the end. Dot, 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 but they almost did. Right. And that's, rec- our, that's our new promotional tag, yeah, actually. Just think we're about gonna, it. We're going to take that now. And, and, and that's a, a great sort of you know, you know, uh, full circle back to your, your earlier question, which, yeah, as noted in the book, um, it's odd. Chris is Indiana Jones. But yet, I'm the one who keeps getting hurt, um, you know, and, and, and nearly dies several times. You know, I mean, Chris nearly died. You know, his the the axle could have taken his head off had he yeah, gone all the way Yeah, you let yourself be dragged behind the car. I did, and yeah. went under the front of it. Yeah. You went under the front of it, and so as the the car was driving, you literally you literally dragged yourself somehow under the car to get a couple. Not, of shots. Yeah, not a hundred percent, but not I went, in sequence, a hundred percent. Yeah, but, yeah. but it, it was. Uh, it, you know, bottom line, it was just insanely dangerous. It was very, oh, very dangerous. A 15-year-old kid under a moving vehicle on <laughs> yeah. a rope? Yeah. 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 What did you have under you? Anything? Uh, nothing. And then, then the grill was like we attached the grill to the front of the truck with hangers, old hangers. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, uh, that could have easily come off. It just, did actually come off I mean, your leg point. or something goes under the tire and yeah. game it over. Was, it was so, so dangerous. And then, you know, heat stroke. And I did some fire stunts that, you know, like well, in the Well, in the basement. You guys set the, up the bar. Yeah, Eric did the big one where we poured gasoline all, all over him and lit him on fire. And then I, yeah. I doubled for Tote, where Tote, whose hand is on fire, jumps out of a, a through the window of uh, that's on fire. And keep in mind, guys, pre-internet. This is mid-80s, pre-internet. There was nobody to say, um, oh, yeah, let's actually research what would burn the safest. Let's actually do a little bit of uh, YouTube filmmaking, how to, you know, how to – Make breakable glass. How to light somebody on fire? You know, yeah. You guys didn't have any of that. We, we, I mean, you used gasoline. Yeah, I mean, our only resource, yeah, back in that pre-internet time, you know, go to to the Singing River Mall and Walden Books and look for a coffee table book on ILM and you know and and uh, and filmmaking and special effects or go to the library. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems unbelievably primitive back light, then. Light a motherfucker with gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter five. Actually, no. Drench a dude's drench coat. I knew we should have checked out that book. On you know now, and how badly were you burned? I mean, with the gasoline. I mean, the, the whole house almost went down, right? Like, yeah, like the, the, the whole basement because it spread. Well, we uh, we we uh, had a fire retardant raincoat on underneath okay. my costume. I was, okay, safety first, you know. And I thought, all right, for most of it, we were using isopropyl alcohol. But I was, I don't know what I was thinking, but I said, guys, uh, I want to really, really go up. So use gasoline. Guys, so, I really want to go up. You know what? Looking like, back on guy, it, yeah. This guy, it's Eric all for, everything, for the, everything for the camera. Everything for the camera. No, all or nothing. Um, so uh, I wasn't, uh, so little kid, uh, just out of frame, lights me up on cue. I stand, hit my mark, scream, then call cut. And uh, two kids rush forth on cue with smothering blankets, uh, throw them on, almost impatiently, immediately pull it off. I'm still on fire. Back on, off on, fanning flames higher. Uh, they're actually fanning it at this point. Pretty they're much, dow- yeah. They're not dousing it. They're not. They're not. Yeah, the, and I felt uh, it was like an electric blanket being taped to my back, turned on high. And that was just a plastic raincoat melting. Really, really toasty. Um, yeah, and then I start to f- smell burnt hair and feel the flames licking the back of my neck. It's like, uh, guys. And at that point, Chris rushes forth and uh, and. Uh, th- grabs the smothering blanket 
and knocks me to the ground and, and smothers it properly in time for them to get the ring out of the fire extinguisher and, and blast me. Ring, you know, you, you thought stop, drop, and roll. Like, you thought stop, drop, and roll. Yeah, I, I, it all happened so fast. I mean, the, there is a clip in our outtakes of... Uh, you can see it on the, uh, you a can, little bit on the tra- book trailer. Yeah, you can see it on the book trailer of, like, a, you know, some kid standing off to the side while Eric is holding his pose for the shot. Uh, you know who's on fire, and the kid is reading the instructions on the on the fire extinguisher because we don't really know how to use it. But and, you're already on fire, and he's already on fire, and, and you can just hear, "Get it out! Get it out! Get him out!" <laughs> and you know, he's, he's reading it as he can. Are you guys yeah. still friends with this yeah. kid? <laughs> I don't know who that who the kid was. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, that'll answer that. Like you know what? Like if somebody accidentally doesn't come through with trying to put me off when I'm on fire, step one. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Pull I can understand how you're not friends with that guy anymore. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thankfully I didn't actually get burned. But it was it was a, a close call, you know, uh, really was. As was as Chris uh, mentioned earlier, uh, nearly suffocated in an ill-advised uh, attempt to make a plaster mold in my face for the yep. big melting scene yeah, at the end. Because yeah. of course I play Belloc, um, and there too, kind of Chris uh, uh, came to the rescue and, and had to kind of do the Indiana Jones thing and figure how to break me out of there. I, so what was happening? Well, you guys had a plaster, uh, a make a make at home plaster mold. Yeah. Well, you know the book tells tells it best. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. But let's uh, now, honestly, guys, we're going to be telling these stories. And yeah. No, you got to buy the book. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but it was it's ironic, uh, you know, because yeah, I, I I was the one who kept getting hurt. <laughs> that is a good one to read, actually. That's a good one. That yeah, we it's, won't it's spoil a pretty here. good story. Yeah, that's a good story to read. Where you put your face in the plaster mold and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a story. Is it in the book? A uh, one that I really like that you told me, Chris, was remember in, in the movie, guys, Indiana Jones swims to the sub. Mm-hmm. In the movie, Indiana Jones swims to the sub, and uh, there's a whole sequence on the submarine. The movie just came back out, and like uh, they, they put it out in IMAX. For, uh, I totally IMAX, went. we saw it with uh, George, uh, not George, but uh, Stephen and Harrison were there. Oh, really? Yeah, doing a Q&A. We went downtown L.A. and, and saw it, and it was a gorgeous, gorgeous print. It wasn't, wasn't it? a print. It was the fi- It was the digital cleaned up. Yeah, that's what we saw. Oh my god! It was Eric and I were just were saying when we got out of the screening that we had seen things in there that we had never seen before. That's For saying, example, saying just, a lot. Just just external detail. You know, yeah. the items on shelves and set dressing and you know books and bottles and the color of certain blankets and gotta go you back know, and remake it or, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or even the fact you know, I mean, uh, Belloc's shirt. You know, in uh, in the Arab bar scene. Everything I knew was a perfectly white shirt. Turns out there's subtle stripes yeah, on it. Yeah, pin, there's pinstripes on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, we're talking pretty hardcore geek interest here. Yeah, but I mean, but like certain clothing things. And, and you're and on Geekscape, guys, so it's okay. Yeah, true. right. All right, yeah. we're, we're, we're the safe. The name of the show is... Don't do this with, don't, don't do this at the LA Times <laughs> Press like, 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 like book festival. That's right. This is where you this, can do this. This is a so safe we, place. Yeah, this is a safe <laughs> yeah. place we can let loose. You saw my office. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes those doors need to be closed to protect the contents. Yep. But yep. yeah, everything <laughs> in that office is safe. Understood. Um, yeah. So, so, so when Indiana Jones swims out to the, that's one of my funniest, like one of my favorite stories that you tell, Chris, is when, <laughs> is you guys went to a naval museum in Mississippi where you guys grew up, right? It was a naval. It was a naval <laughs> park in Mobile, Alabama, on the, okay. on the Back Bay, and they had uh, the the, United, the USS Alabama was there along with a an authentic World War II submarine that was actually in the water since it's been removed because the, the hull of it was rusting out, so they've taken it out of the water. But while now. it was in the water, you guys but, see the submarine, but and you're thank like, goodness. I'll just swim out there to that. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it took us, uh, you know, it took us about, it took me about three years to get that submarine. You know, went 13, 14, and 15, I asked, I went and set meetings with the 
commander there, Captain Defley, and uh, who's now since passed away. But uh, yeah, he just he turned me down twice, and I went back the third time with storyboards and a shooting timeline and the whole deal. And he was like, "Fine, just we're not going to shut the park down. Just be careful and stay out of the way." And uh, and the water, of course, you know, the, we got down to the water. We were so very excited, and the water. There was a big sign that said, you know. Don't get in the water because there are alligators in the water. You, you, did you? Were you a bit coy with him, and you were like, "We're just going to shoot the submarine." I did not tell him I was going in. the you water. You did not. That's I, what I'm I getting remember at. that distinctly. You did not tell him you were going in the water. I wasn't there. Yeah, I don't actually. think. I don't so you think did a, not tell him you were uh, going in the water. Mm-hmm. You get down there, and you know you have to go in the water to get the shot. Mm-hmm. Did you see the sign before or after you'd gotten that back out? Before. So before, you knew the alligators were in there, and but, you were like... But not before the day of, of actual shooting. Oh, yeah. No, no, certainly not. It was a, no. it was a surprise. You get down there to shoot. There's no going back, and you see the sign, there's and you're like... There's no turning back. It's yeah. like, all right, what do we do? Oh, hmm. And man. normally, we're pretty good at troubleshooting, but I think the only thing we came up with is, all right, the plan is to swim really fast. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I mean, what would have happened if a gator comes out? A bunch of like, yeah. like if the ah, ah, a bunch yeah, of kids on bad. shore yelling, "Swim to the left, swim to the right." I mean, yeah. if, if, if 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 the fire extinguisher story was any kind of a lesson, you'd have been you'd been eaten. And I was at my heaviest then. I think I was like two twenty five. Oh my god! I, yeah, I was huge. And um, and uh, I think I think during one screening, one of my buddies, um, uh, William, he commented. It was like a it was like an office screening, and he. He made some comment. Oh my God! Did you eat Marion or something? Like, <laughs> hey, what a dick! What a dick! <laughs> I was like, "You son of a bitch!" No, but I was—I was definitely at my heaviest. And so, you know, as far as our plan of me swimming fast, you know, I mean, yeah. I would have only been able to swim so fast. Those gators would have eaten for a week. <laughs> I can't move my arms. I'm so heavy. Gators are like, "Hey, look! That—that that, that spam is swimming." Across. There's a sausage <laughs> floating on top of the water. <laughs> You'd have been the most popular park resident. Yeah. I know. Easily. Yeah. yeah. It would have been hilarious. a good meal. A very good meal. So, yeah, we, I just did it, you know, and I think that was our approach to many things. You know, we just said. You didn't have a monkey, so you used a dog. We just said, to hell with yeah. it, man. Let's just do it. And we just kept forging ahead. And we just, you know, I think. Um, you guys were YouTube before YouTube. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're pretty, it, it pretty, pretty balls out. You know, it's been an exciting journey with the whole fan film thing, which now has obviously become its own sort of like niche genre. You right. You know, and. And gotten a lot more attention, you know. And some people have have tagged us as sort of like the grandfathers of the fan film. You don't like that. You just say fathers. Yeah. For, you know, considering Please. you guys I'm are like, fathers, uh, do not say grandfathers. But, These dudes are not old. But we – there's a book that came out. And uh, who wrote it? It was um, – Oh, uh, Chris. Clive. Clive. Barker. No. <laughs> Clive. Uh, it's a horror film. Yeah, it, um, but it's uh, Homemade Hollywood. Yeah, it's called Homemade they, Hollywood, and uh, it's a it's a movie about fan films. And, oh, cool. Uh, that's that I want to – A know, book about fan films. It's a book about fan films. Yeah, it's a book, it's a book about and fan films. And you guys films. are in there. And we're in there. And so, so you my, read that my, one. My point is, is that – That actually, was the other one that, that Chris read. read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the <laughs> second <laughs> book that I read, book number two. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, we met this guy who came to a screening in Connecticut, and he he's well into his 80s. And it turns out he, in the 1930s, 1930s, used to make fan films with his brother in the backyard, reenacting Tarzan movies. Wow! And so that was like that wow. was that was a, a nice clarity for us, you know. Yeah, that, that guy's an, the fucking grandpa. Yeah, right. right? I mean, you guys are like you guys are like the Rat Pack. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you've got Hardware Wars and you have a lot of other the Star Wars movies, troops, right? The, the troops, troops. We've had you, Kevin on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is we put him troops. in People vs. George. Yeah, yeah. yeah all those yeah. all those guys who have sort of you know Troy and. 
you know, Pink Five and all those guys that, you know, I mean, everybody sort of made their mark. But this guy was doing it in the 1930s. 30s, man, 1930. He gave us a DVD copy, um, actually. He had a DVD. Yeah, he had it transferred from from whatever. The first DVD in 1938. He's like, yeah, that's. And how is it? Was it funny? It was cool. I mean, it's interesting. I think from a. It was rough, black and white silent, of course. That's intense. And just from a historic nerdy standpoint, I was like, cool. That guy's king of the nerds. Right? Yeah. Like him, Uncle Forey, and like. Maybe one or like Stan Lee and Walt Disney are like king of the nerds. Yeah. But it's weird because it's kind of indicative of, of the same kind of phenomena that we discovered later. I mean, when back in the 80s, from 82 to 89 when we were shooting ours, as far as we knew, we were the only people in the world that were doing this. Come to find out later, I mean, wow, there's a lot of indie fans and hardcore indie fans at that. And in the internet, you're far more aware of what's out there. And it's kind of good to know we in many senses weren't alone um and then wow and how meeting you know the tarzan fan film guy yeah and actually at the same screening that we met the tarzan guy we met another guy who encased his head in plaster <laughs> with, with a different success and rate? videotaped it oh wow and uploaded it he sent us the links on youtube he's like oh my god i can't believe it. it's this weird kindred spirit i i put my head in plaster too it's you know? hilarious <laughs> You make the movie, you finish the movie, mm-hmm. and then you just put it on a shelf. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. We, like, when we set out, we uh, had no greater. We just made it for ourselves. You know, we Chris wanted to be Indiana Jones as director. I wanted to see it. What would a shot-for-shot remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark with teenage actors look like? You know, the truck scene, the submarine scene, the melting scene, and you know. So when we finally finished, it was closure. You know, we had a big hometown premiere, about two hundred friends and family. Um, and we were done, um, and I went off to NYU Film School, Chris went off to acting, you know, in college, and, um, yeah, that, that, it was accomplished. But um, then it sat literally for 10, 15 years. Yep, pretty much, and then, um, and then, uh, Eli Roth, uh, had a copy, old beaten, uh, How'd he get a copy? Well, I guess he got a copy from Gabe Friedman, who was who was working at Troma at the time. Who got okay. it from Frank Reynolds, who was an old NYU uh, roommate of mine. Right. Um, and after graduation, uh, Frank and I roomed together uh, for about six months out in the valley. And uh, I dusted off my copy and said, hey, you want to see it? Um, and, uh, and he stole we, it from you. We, <laughs> no, <laughs> but he made a copy. And we're still right. pissed. He made a copy. And, uh, no, he's not here. And God, <laughs> and God bless Frank Reynolds for that because um, if Frank, not for Frank that. Frank edited our book trailer, by the way. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so yeah, Six Degrees of Separation, copy falls in the hands of Eli Roth, horror movie director who uh, sees it and doesn't know us but uh, thinks it's great and brings it to his own pitch meeting uh, with Spielberg's head of production who uh, says, you got to check this out. And he passes on to Spielberg who loves it and says, this is great. I want to write the guys a letter of appreciation. What's their addresses? Uh, Eli doesn't know, but thankfully right. it's, uh, you know, you can do internet searching now. So he manages to track down uh, Jason out in Oakland who uh, then passes on our contact info. And so that's how, on an otherwise ordinary day, we each get an email out of the blue. Hi, you don't know me. My name's Eli Roth. And this might sound strange, but Steven Spielberg has seen your Little Raiders movie, and he loves it. Yeah. He wants to write you a letter of appreciation. Like, 
all right, who's pulling my leg? I did that with Kevin Smith when he wanted to come on the podcast. <laughs> it's like the first celebrity guest that like was like, hey, I want to come on the podcast. And I literally responded to it with like, fuck you, you're not Kevin Smith. <laughs> really? And, yeah, so he wrote back. Which with, he probably appreciated all the more. Well, right? I was just like, dude, you're not Kevin. Like, quit pulling my leg. So he wrote back with, he had started a, um, this back when like the VSQ yeah. uh, website had uh, forums. And he he'd started he started a thread as himself. And the thread just it was a closed thread, and all it said was, yes, Jonathan, it is me, and I want to come on your show. And I was like, okay. Why? Maybe if I had been nice, he wouldn't have a podcast studio and like a podcasting uh, uh, like, you know, kingdom. Maybe so. <laughs> I'd have been like, nah, you don't want to do podcasting. Trust me. And then he just goes on making films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so, 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 what, what, you, so you get this you, – you give Eli Roth, I'm guessing, your address – he yeah. passes it on to the Spielberg people, and you guys get this letter, mm-hmm. which is framed in all your homes. Yes, it is. It's got—I mean, it's framed in your home, right? Yeah. Like, like it's yeah. framed it in your home. Completely is. Yes. Yeah, I think I, we actually laughed because it shows our the difference in our personalities. It's framed on my wall, framed on Eric's wall, and we asked Jason one year. I think it was like two, three years ago. So, you know, have you? What have you done with your with your letter? He goes, I don't know. I. I think it's in my sock drawer. I don't. I don't really know. Holy shit! I think I. St- you know, that's Jason. <laughs> yep. Jason, the fame, the fame story with Jason, when we actually got a chance to sit with Spielberg and talk with him. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, it was such a great meeting. We, we saw his office, and we, you know, it was a nice. We heard stories about Raiders and saw outtakes, and you know, and it was such a such an exciting meeting. And so everything was perfect, and we're exiting, and and the last thing. That we wrap up the meeting with is Jason, you know, who's quite short, much shorter than Stephen is, and, and and kind of looks up to him and shakes his hand. He goes, you know, I, I I just want to tell you that I don't care what anybody else says. I liked color purple. Oh man! And, oh man! And I looked over and I was so horrified. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Now, now Spielberg. And it's well, Spielberg, his face kind of. I was like, what the hell? He, he kind of <laughs> like, recovered quickly. He and recovered said, oh, quickly. Thank you. Well, thank you. And you know, I think he probably picked up on the the essences of and our most personalities. Most people hate color purple. No, like, no. I think, I think what, time has helped. No, them it was just, to be. Yeah, Jason was referring to the then con- somewhat semi controversy of hmm, should a white story. director be making what some people consider be a black story? Right. And of course, I mean, it's a the film is a huge critical and commercial success, and that's where Jason was coming from. It was just yeah. a, in expressing. You should have said, you know, yeah. you know what? I like the color purple, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it just I, I it, it struck me as is, um, you know, I don't know. It was it's sort of. It was non sequitur and sort of inappropriate. But, but that's Jason. But that's, that's, totally, that's Jason. totally Jason. That's Jason, yeah. Jason. This guy sounds awesome. Jason's an odd one. He's, he's an he's, odd one. Yeah, we love him to death. But he's, he's a real a, deal eccentric. And, yeah, he's and, a real deal eccentric. And, uh, and just welcome, awesome. Without his brilliance. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Without J- Jason's you know, very specific brilliance, we couldn't have done Raiders. Oh, I certainly mean, not. He had the mind yeah. you know, for the special effects and this mad scientist laboratory. Very creative. You know? Jason yeah. was very creative and very smart. So he's the guy who was trying to figure out how to encase your head or how to do the burning. Jason, Jason yeah. figured all that stuff out. That, Fire, special effects, all the camera work. How to work. attach things to, you know, like... Squibs, awesome. explosives. He had the he had a copy of the Anarchist Cookbook, it, the whole oh, deal. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. And also, as, as, you know, you can tell from the book... Uh, you know, level four vegan. You know, uh, and shamanism, and uh, part-time nudist, as <laughs> yeah. he would sometimes do on the set. Jason, uh, just sum it up and just be like, "I'm a party." 
Straight yeah, up. I'm Jason a party. is a party. He's yeah. a party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Jason, so, so, put, put your clothes on, man. So once you guys had this movie and now it was out that you guys had this movie, uh, you started screening it. Yeah. And you guys have an agreement with, uh, with, with Spielberg that you guys can show the movie for charity, right? Not so much a formal agreement. It was, it was sort of positioned in the beginning that we, we use the film um, in a sort of inspirational way and screen it where ticket revenue is then generated back into the hosting organization, which is affiliated with a charity. So we've raised money for film education for kids and, and put kids through film programs and donated money to museums and – uh, AIDS research, cancer research, uh, tsunami relief when the tsunami hit, and we did, you know. So we've we've raised, we've raised probably about I don't know, right around four hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand wow. dollars just through screenings and stuff, and all all donated, you know. Um, we, you know, when we set out, when we started getting requests, you know, obviously we don't own the copyright, so we wanted to be respectful and non-exploitive, and, yeah. and yet have a, a way of our film being seen, and and this. You know, we fell into this opportunity to to do that, and it's worked out. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, no, no definitely no official sort of agreement. It, they've just kind of given us our their silent blessing. I mean, mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been up to the ranch, um, you know, and we've obviously obviously met Spielberg and you know Paramount. Wherever we are, has always been incredibly supportive. I mean, for our our London premiere, you know, through the IGN network and and all those guys who pulled out all the stops for us. We went over there for the UK premiere and it was awesome. And, and, uh, you know, uh, Paramount UK was so supportive and donated a bunch of stuff and was like anything you guys need. And, you know, so, I mean, we have been incredibly lucky not to have ever received a, a cease and desist. Right. You know? Right. So I know you guys got this book, which is your deal. Yeah. yeah, it's our deal. And, and so we're traveling, we're, we're, we're partnering, uh, Book promotion with the screening, so we're mm-hmm. traveling and and kind of going over, um, you know, previously, uh, you know, territory with with screenings and stuff like that, and going back to some of the venues where we had uh, really great success, and and we're pushing the book, and the book is getting amazing reviews. We were just in Vanity Fair this month uh, with a little snippet where you know we've got a review coming out in the Associated Press and Wired Magazine, and you know, so it's it's getting it's starting to get its legs. Wow. And uh, is the book out, or is it something that the book is out? The, the book, book was published out. November thirteenth through um, a subsidiary of St. Martin's Press called Thomas Dunn Books. Okay, and um, available on Amazon. It's up. It's up Barnes on all the major retailers. Amazon, and, and then the website. iBook through our website. You know, so you all, can get a Kindle version, all that stuff. Kindle version, exactly. And um, and uh, yeah, it's people are reacting very positively to it. The story of the greatest fan film ever made this by the biggest. Indiana Jones geeks (laughs) who have ever lived or it almost didn't because they were the biggest Indiana Jones. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, Chris, do you still make Eric do like life threatening stuff? Uh, Occasionally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Only, uh, he's your food tester. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You guys go out to restaurants and you're like, uh, try this. In all seriousness and all the traveling that we, we do and we're, that we're fortunate enough to do somehow, uh, this sounds corny, but true adventure seems to find us. We, you know, it sure does. I mean, our, our latest adventure, we found ourselves driving around at like 3 o'clock in the morning through Chalmette, Louisiana. What? And it's just, it's a little, it's in the St. Bernard's Parish just outside of New Orleans. And we were invited there by the New Orleans Film Society. And we had to get off the plane and drop our VHS tape off to the theater in Chalmette. For, a VHS tape, not a DVD. Right. We went old school with it. Right. And, yeah. um, and 
it was pretty adventurous because Shell met at three o'clock in the morning. Was it's it's rough, rough, pretty rough. Place. Yeah, unless like, you unless you liked the color purple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we made sure to put that on the yeah. window of the car. Yeah. You know? No, it was it was it was just um, there's always a little danger that you know that seems to find us, and I don't know what it is, but you whatever. Guys are white I'm, as fuck. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that was it. It was just. How do you pronounce your last names again? Yeah, <laughs> Strompolis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when the Griswolds were asking for directions in Detroit. Yeah, that was a little rough. Excuse me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a little rough. Do you want to watch my Indiana Jones movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I have this Indiana Perhaps Jones movie. Perhaps you heard of Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Gets us out of any situation. The you start playing right. VHS, it's got kids on it. They're like, yeah, we've seen this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of the adventure comes cop? from driving and finding our way around with directions. Yeah. And, you know, we get lost, and I, I don't know what my propensity for doing this is, but I, I tend to drive into oncoming traffic. Listen to that GPS, yep. man. Like, before the show, you called me two blocks away. I, you, I know, I know. It, was it gets like, you close, just close enough to die. My, my, my phone was like, <laughs> you're here. And I'm like, you're not here. I'm not here, man. Don't do <laughs> GPS, man. Lost. Would Indiana Jones do a fucking D- GPS? No. No, he wouldn't. No. no. Eric, do you do GPS? Hell no. I hate GPS. <laughs> GPS is only good. It, it, GPS, like, should be anachronism for something equating to getting you lost. My, my phone is worthless. It yeah. is a worthless device. No. Use yeah. the moon and the stars, my friend. <laughs> my the moon compass. and the stars. I carry a lodestone. <laughs> <laughs> it always points north. Um, okay, guys, so the book. The name of the book? It's called Raiders, the Story of the Greatest Fan Film Ever Made by Alan Eisenstock. Great writer. And it is available at everywhere. Amazon, everywhere, everywhere you Barnes got. Barnes & Noble. With the um, official website? Raidersbook.com. Raidersbook.com. Guys, go to it. Check it out. I mean, you know what? Christmas is coming up. If you've got a Raiders fan or a film fan or uh, a fan that, that really would appreciate something like this, it's perfect. It's actually pretty perfect we, we for were just, like we were a just book fan or something. Anna Cool's new, News just featured it as one of the sort of the – what is it? The holiday geek guide? Or yeah, I think it's guess. I think it's yeah. solid for a holiday geek. Guide. So exactly. we were we were listed on there, and it's uh, it would yeah. So or just someone who who loves a a, a good a yarn. good read. Yeah. yeah, there you go, guys. So um, some awesome awesome holiday ideas right there. Um, I'd go for it, uh, Chris. I'll see you next time. Hey, thank man. you so much for coming on hey, Geekscape. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for coming back to LA. Hey, my pleasure. Doing Geekscape here. Good luck with the rest of the book. How long is this book tour going to last? Uh, well, we're going to just kind of stretch it out. We're going to just... Until you die. Yeah. <laughs> we, we keep expecting, you know, the, you know the, the chapter to close, but it keeps on chugging. We, we're, uh, we've got, uh, we're doing Austin uh, no, December next, 7th. Next mm-hmm. week. Yeah. And we're going we, back to the Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. We're going to also uh, do New York uh, City in January and New Jersey. We'll be at the 92Y, um, and then we're going to be, uh, yeah, in New Jersey. Um, and then we're, gonna, we're planning... We're firming uh, up some dates for Boston, Minneapolis... Chicago, uh, Salt Lake City, and San Francisco. And we're in Maine. We're going to Maine at some point, right? Yeah. In your own filmmaking? Our own filmmaking. Um, yeah. Well, we're, we've got three projects in the works. Uh, the, the one, our river movie, which we're still trying to I – know, I remember we, seeing the artwork yeah, from we're, that. Yeah, we're still trying to rock and roll on that one. Um, it's, it's really just down to money at this point. So we're, we're trying to pull together the financing. Um, working on a spec script in the same genre. It's sort of an action-adventure slash thriller southern gothic novel that we finally got the rights to called Gone South. And then um, a spec script that I'm writing with my buddy that we'll probably produce through our production company called, uh, well, working title right now is called Liquor by the Drink. It is a uh, sort of a murder-love triangle. that ha- It's a true story. Um, true story. Yeah, it's a true story. Um, 
and my buddy's family. It takes place in Iowa in the 1950s. It's a okay. well-known sort of sensational. These two kids make Tarzan fan films. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, Eric, you're working over in video games. I am when I'm not working with this guy here. So I think you guys are pretty qualified to be on Geekscape. I think we're qualified. So yeah. thank you for Thanks coming for having on. Us on. Of man. course, man. Anytime. Thanks, All right, guys. All right, you guys cool. need anything for the book, anything cool. for the film, you Appreciate let me it. know. Thanks, guys.